Welcome to Conversations, a podcast featuring conversations about life, theology, scripture, church, and everything in between. Hosted by Genesis Church in Mexico, Missouri. Find out more at www.genesisbegins.com. Welcome to another Conversations podcast, and uh, I'm Jeff Stott, and uh, I've got Billy Johnson with me again, and we're continuing our discussion about uh, the five stages of spiritual growth, and before we pick up with that, uh, I want to uh, continue something I started <laughs> at the last podcast. Now, if you made it to the the last, the end of the podcast, like... Last 15, 20 minutes. 15, 20 minutes, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um I don't even know how we got on it, but we I mentioned this movie called Mayberry Man, okay? And it's about um, this, the movie is about this superstar, okay, in Hollywood who uh, is pulled over for a traffic violation and instead of going to jail or go, paying a fine, at the judge decides to send him to a Mayberry festival because the superstar is the son of one of the main uh, people in the Andy Griffith show. Okay. Okay. And so in the movie. Sure. All right. I'm so, still hung on this Mayberry festival. Right. Idea, right. But, yeah. But yeah. Okay. Going forward. Yeah, right. Yeah. So in the, uh, so the, uh, the main character, he, in, he reluctantly, he doesn't want to have any part with this stuff. You know, this is a part of his life. He just doesn't want anything with, he's very, he's very greedy, selfish. And the whole concept is, is that the idea is that he goes to the Mayberry festival, gets around these wholesome, like this Andy Griffith show environment, you know, Mayberry, and he learned some valuable lessons about relationships in life. I mean, it's it's, it's a movie with a moral, kind of like a Hallmark movie, you know. Sure. So, uh, and so uh, he goes and, and he goes through this, you know, Ebenezer Scrooge kind of transformation. You know what I'm saying? You know, his heart grows three times as large kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, falls in love. You know, all that stuff. So, uh, uh, but anyway... Way we got started on this is that uh, a friend of mine, Alan Newsom, a, a former deacon, a church he used to pastor, who's also I didn't mention this, he's an engineer. Okay. Okay. This is not some guy who just yeah. I mean, this we, is not a me. This, this, this is, is a, not us. This is a very highly intelligent <laughs> guy, and so Alan he plays uh, he plays Floyd. Okay, but when I say plays Floyd, he's not really playing Floyd. He 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 plays himself because Alan is a reenactor. So he goes to these Mayberry festivals around the nation, uh-huh. and he is invited to MC events and all that kind of stuff. And he shows up as Floyd the Barber from the Andy Griffith Show, and so uh, he takes on his character and he does a really good job. And so in the movie, these folks at the Mayberry Festival uh, in the movie, uh, they are actually playing themselves. They go by their actual names, and they play. They they're actually just. Do what they normally do at these. They're just living life. They are. They're loving it wholesomely. So, that's right. So the movie Mayberry Man for that type of movie uh, uh, was a hit, and so um, you can now. I bought the movie because I wanted to support them because Alan like kind of stuff. You know, that's how they make the money. And so, but now after the DVD uh, phase was over, uh, the uh, uh, now it's being released to the streaming, uh, like. Prime Video, Netflix. So currently, it's on Prime. So if you if you are a member of uh, Prime, uh, 
uh, Amazon Prime, then you have access. You just go in there and watch it for free. So you just type in Mayberry Man, it'll pop up. So if for those who, uh, you know, maybe so I couldn't find a little Netflix. Anyway, well, it's not on Netflix. It's on Prime. Okay. Sure. So then I contacted Alec since our last podcast. Okay. Right. Okay. And so I said, hey, I, I said, I'm trying to find your uh, the, the Mayberry Man TV series. And I said, is it released yet? And so I learned something okay. about the TV movie world. Okay. So he I'm, said, I'm, I'm at the edge of my seat. I'm sure you are. Yeah. So uh, he said <clears throat> that, he said, yeah, we're done with it. He said, the series is done. He said, right now it's in evaluation by various streaming companies like Hulu, Netflix. Prime. So basically, they're looking at it, deciding if they're going to buy it. And... That's right. Okay. Yeah. And so, um, and who's going to have it first? I, I don't know. You know, so there's this whole nother world out there of who gets it first, who doesn't. Because they know the Mayberry Man, there is a following mm-hmm. with that. And so they know people are going to, you know, and obviously like Netflix, Amazon, all that kind of stuff, you know, and Hulu, they're, they're wanting people to purchase their monthly sure uh subscription subscription yeah and um uh and you know and they're out evaluating will this bring us you know anybody new just because we have it you know so um anyway so it's out there so uh uh, for those who are interested in that and uh i I meant to ask him this and i totally forgot and i didn't think about it until right before the podcast i wanted to ask him when is the next festival like actual one and where is it at and so if people want to go, you can go. Well, and, and if you do decide to go, be yeah. sure and yell out, hey, conversations with Genesis brought me here. <laughs> That's right, yeah. You know. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I, I wish that Alan would have me on his podcast. Yeah. So I can now, ask Alan. So I, in, in other words, I want to interview Alan on his podcast. Yeah. You know, for his people. You yeah. Know? So for people like me, you know, you know, because in his podcast, it's just him. He, you know, he normally sure. doesn't have people on there. He talks about the Andrew Griffith world, you know what I'm saying? Or the Mayberry world, you know, all those characters and people and that kind of stuff. And, uh, oh, one other thought. I, I didn't mention this last time. Okay, so I mentioned a guy by the name of uh, Jim Best, who was, because uh, I went to one of the festivals when I was in Alabama and uh, to, to see Alan do his thing, you know. Did you just like, love it? I did. Yeah? I mean, it's it's. It's really cool. You know, so, okay, before you get to that thought, yeah. I, I got to say, so obviously, uh-huh. I, I think I'm a little apprehensive. I don't, that doesn't uh-huh. sound like something that, right. that I would, yeah. but I, I, if one was close, I may check that out because yeah. I, I have a feeling that I would be wholesomely surprised. Yeah. You know, cause it's, it's think of it more like a uh, carnival. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. See, that would be fun. Yeah, because you you have vendors and you have the food trucks and all that kind of stuff. Sure. They also do. You, most of them have some kind of parade, you know, with all the reenactors and the, mm-hmm. and they'll have like you know, uh, Andy Andy's uh, Andy Griffiths the the sheriff's car. Yeah. Because Alan actually has one. He has oh, a replica awesome. of it. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. And um, uh, anyway, that's uh, so. What, what I'm trying to say. Uh, the the. I think you said Jim Best. Oh, yeah, Jim Best. That's what yeah. I'm talking about. So, Jim, uh, uh, I had forgot to mention something about him. So, now, if, if you didn't hear the last podcast, Jim Best, uh, he was on the Andrew Griffith Show for a few episodes. And um, 
However, most people know him uh, from uh, Dukes of Hazards as Roscoe P. Coltrane. Mm-hmm. Okay, so he was there, and because his of his, they always at these festivals usually have some, one of the stars, you know, like kind of from the or one of the actors that went to bigger, better things, kind of thing. Sure. You know? And so uh, Jim Best was at this particular festival. Well, when I was there, I learned something about Jim Best I did not know. Okay, and I doubt many people know this. I'm at the edge of my seat. You Jeff. should be. Yeah. Roscoe P. Coltrane. Okay. All right. Yeah. Jim Best. When he was through with Dukes of Hazards, he had a few other things, uh, other roles where he played. But what he began with, he began his own uh, movie production company. Oh, really? Yeah, it's called Best Productions. Okay. But the what he did was was unique at the time. His Best Productions, his movie company, produced family wholesome movies in Hollywood. Oh. He, he decided there wasn't enough. Oh, yeah. Still right. isn't. But right. Yeah, good yeah. for him. So for him, his little niche was he decided that, you know, he wanted to produce and make movies uh, and shows that were wholesome in some in some format. So that's what that so that's what Jim Best ended up actually doing once he was through with Dukes of Hazards. He had this he had this movie company of Best Productions. I I like the sound of that. That's yeah. that's interesting. I'm sure he was probably kind of a, a pretty big outlier. You know, in Hollywood, trying to produce wholesome family films. Well, yeah. Once he got, once he got the Dukes of Hazzard's fame, Roscoe P. Coltrane. Yeah. Everybody recognized the voice, recognized him. You know what I'm saying? I'm and sure so, that helped. Yeah, uh, uh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And you know, and so people, other people, probably with the same values, probably invested. You know, sure. Going and kind of stuff. So I, now, with that said, I don't, you know, I don't know what happened to Best Productions because companies come and go in Hollywood, all that sure. kind of stuff. So. Uh, anyway, so that has nothing to do with spiritual growth, <laughs> right? But uh, that's uh, interesting. Though. It, it is a little interesting, and also, you know, it, it also shows that <clears throat> I do have a life, right? That is, I don't, I just don't sit around and study the Bible all the time. Sure, you know, but uh, so I mean, you'll take ten or fifteen minutes a day to yeah, enjoy maybe five minutes. Yeah, enjoy know. yeah <laughs> to enjoy other things. Yeah, other yeah, than, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. So <clears throat> uh, anyway, so I'm, I'm promoting Mayberry Man. Uh, oh, and by, we're not making money off the promotion. Not this is at not all. some kind of like tricky this, thing. Yeah, you know? this isn't some underhanded sponsor. Yeah, like where uh, it sounds like it's part of the show, but yeah. really it's a sponsor. Yeah, no, no we, we're this, we're yeah. just here talking about the things we like. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And, and Mayberry Man is one of them. Yes. So, uh, uh, all right. Um, so back to what we're about uh, today on the podcast is the five stages of spiritual growth and. All right, so here's what we've done so far. We have we had one episode where we did an overview of all five and talked about the benefits and how to use them. Highly recommend that to get the big picture of it all. Then we had an episode on stage one, which is the spiritually dead, uh, or as we call it, the seeker. Uh, they are not a follower of Jesus. Uh, they are not born again. They're not a Christian. They're spiritually dead. They need Jesus. They need to be born again. Um and but this person, the the stage one person, can range from being hostile to Christ to very interested in Him. Okay, so and we talked about all of that. The ne- another episode we had, we talked about stage two, <clears throat> and this is the spiritual infant, and we call this person the believer, uh, because once a person moves from spiritually dead to uh, becoming a follower of Jesus, being born again. Um, they are a believer because they place their faith in Christ, and so they go from spiritually dead to a spiritual infant. So the spiritual infant, typically everything is new. Uh, they don't know how to pray. They don't know how to read the Bible. You know, they don't know how to apply God's word. You know, they, they you know it must be spoon fed. You know, God's truth, and they can be very messy spiritually. 
because they're infants. All yes. right, very dependent. Uh, might even put them in the codependent category. Sure. And so, um, and it would be very different or very difficult to distinguish them from someone who's spiritually dead. Yeah, and um, you know, because a lot of as we just listen to the last podcast, the spiritual infant can appear lost. Yeah. I mean, the way they sound, the behavior, everything. Uh, some people call them a carnal Christian, you know, but, and some people say, well, you can't be a Christian, be carnal. Ah, yeah, you can. Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, uh, they just haven't grown yet. So that's the spiritual infant. We talked uh, an hour about that, and then we talked about 30 minutes about Mayberry. <laughs> yeah. So last time, so, and other things. All right, now today we're into stage three, the spiritual child. And, and we'll come back to that. Uh, but st- stage four is spiritually young adult, and we'll eventually have uh, a podcast on that one, and then we'll have another one on the spiritual parent. So right now we are in the middle of the five stages, stage three, spiritual child. And we call this person the learner because they're not an infant. They're, they are old enough to understand some things, and they are they're, they're figuring things out, you know what I'm saying? Um and so as they grow, so if it, when a person is a spiritual infant and they continue to grow, they move into this stage called spiritual child, the learner stage. And throughout the Bible, we see comments that refer to this childlike spiritual stage. Mm-hmm. Okay? So I want to just give you a couple of them real quick. One of them is 1 John chapter 2, verse 12. And he says this, I am writing to you, little children. Well, there it is. Mm-hmm. All right, what is, what is okay, he's writing. So to him, he's... He's telling them, you're little children. <laughs> sure. I, I am writing to you, little children. So what is he writing? He says, because your sins have been forgiven because of Jesus' name. So, all right, so now uh, he is saying, look, you, you're born again, you're little children, and I'm writing to you, okay? So it's very basic, because your sins have been forgiven, okay? All right? I think one of the characteristics, and we'll get into this, is that spiritual infants really are growing in their understanding that my sins are forgiven. Mm-hmm. Something significant has happened. Don't fully understand it, but something significant. First John two fourteen says this: "I have written to you, children, because you have come to know the Father." Okay, so I think for children, infants don't really know who their parents are. They right. know that they they don't understand mama, daddy. Right. Okay. Uh, they don't fully understand that. However, a spiritual child understands that's mom, that's dad. Well, see, and, and for me personally, this is this is one of my favorite stages to watch people. Oh, yeah. You know, cause it's, it's a lot of fun. I mean, think about a kid, you know, uh, an infant who has grown up, began to walk and kind of grown and all that stuff. And then they're so curious and excited. And, and you know, this, this is a lot of fun to watch. I, I like watching the light bulb go off you know, above their head and for them to have fun with it and, you know, and all those things. This, this is one of my favorite stages. Well, yeah, and this is where, again, as a spiritual child, if you know someone who's a spiritual child, I mean, they, they are, they're, they're getting to know their Heavenly Father. Yeah. It's neat to watch, too. Right. It, it is. It's, it's almost, you know, so I, I can think about uh, some conversations I've had and, and just to watch that light bulb go off and for them to stop and, right. and think about something for a minute and then get super excited about continuing right. to talk about it. Yeah. That's, and, that's cool. And just while I'm thinking about it, keep in mind that usually spiritual children, they will have odd ideas about their Heavenly Father. Oh, yeah. Okay? I mean, Absolutely. for example, <clears throat> there was a while there that <clears throat> um, one, of my, one of my kids, my second oldest, Caleb, 
we were down in, uh, we lived in uh, Sedalia, Missouri. Mm-hmm. Okay. Pastoring down there and uh, a tornado came through. Yeah. Didn't hit. It, it just, it, sirens went off and it was like, you could hear it going over. All right. So we had a house with this little, I call it like a miner's basement. You go in, it's like, like miners dug it out. Okay. <laughs> and so, <laughs> I mean, that's exactly what it looked like. Sure. So, uh, and uh, anyway, Pam took the kids down there and, because uh, uh, I mean, the wind was blowing. I mean, it was pretty exciting. I, I'm young. I'm stupid. You know where I went? I didn't go down you there. You went right outside. I went, on the front, I went on the front porch. Yeah. And I'm on the front porch. But however. I would have been there too. Yeah. As uh, Pam took the uh, kids down, um, Caleb said, now again, he's about five, six years old, maybe, something like that. He says, uh, he said, Dad, are you coming down? I said, I, and I said, no, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to take care of this tornado. <laughs> So he goes in, and, uh, and I, then after all, I said, "All right, come on up." I took care of the tornado. He comes and he says, "He says, did you did you stop that tomato? Because he calls it that's, tomato. That's incredible." And uh, I said, "Yeah, <laughs> I stopped that tomato." So from there on out, he thinks I had I have this power to stop tornadoes. Well, okay, now with God, he can do all that stuff. Sure. But what I'm saying is, is that I, I think you know. Uh, Kids just get this impression that sometimes their parents are superheroes. Yeah. And it may have something to do with me telling my kids that there were times where I'd say they would say something and I would say, Well, I'm Batman. Yes. That kind of thing. Well, so uh my my daughter and my son, Ethan and Riley, they would uh so obviously I've I've been a police officer for sixteen and a half years and, and so uh one of the things I started doing when they were young, uh is when I would pull up to like a stoplight. I would secretly now see I'm letting the cat out of the bag here. Now they know it, obviously, because <laughs> they know dad's a fool. But uh, yeah. I would secretly look over to my right or to my left to see when the light was changing. And then I would reach down underneath my dash and let them know, hey, I'm a police officer. I've got a secret switch. I could change this light. Watch this. <laughs> and so I would watch the lights. And as it went from yellow and was getting ready to go red, I'd reach down up underneath the dash where they couldn't see. <laughs> And then the light would go green, and they thought I was just the coolest guy in the world. Now, as they got older, I would try to pull it off, and they just kind of look at me like, "Okay, Dad." Okay, yo, yeah, here's the deal. I got to do it now. Yeah, I'm telling you, it's incredible. It's <laughs> it just makes your kids believe like that you could just do anything, and just watching their fascination and excitement that wow, Dad's got this this cool thing going on. You know, it, 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 I don't know why. It was I, very self-serving to well, me, you know, but I, think I, but mean, I loved it. I think I'm going to have to just uh, upgrade that. I'm not, I don't want to have a switch. I'm just going to put my hand out yes. and do the Jedi thing. Do that. It. You know what I'm saying? Do that. Your kids will yeah. look at you with the, the right. widest eyes yeah. ever. And no, and right. to be to be totally honest with you, watching watching like a spiritual child mm. get to know their heavenly father, you just see their eyes open up and they, right. they're just fascinated by the yeah. things that he does. And yeah. And they, cause uh, you know, what happens is as children, when it comes to God, and obviously we're talking about, you know, sure. earthly dads like us, you know, sure. who are like goofballs. <laughs> Foolish. <Yeah>. Yes. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, but when, when I'm observing and even in my own life, when I'm looking back on my spiritual growth and, as a pastor looking at others who are growing spiritually and their spiritual children, you know, you, you can, when they're talking about their heavenly father, you can, it, it'll give you an indication of kind of where they're at spiritually mm-hmm. because sometimes some of them talk about the heavenly father, like he's Santa Claus. Oh yeah. 
or he's a genie. That is that is a difficult thing to work past. They have this caricature yep. that they want God to be. Oh yeah. Okay. So then, but as they and and part of the frustration is when like children when they realize when they start realizing mom and dad aren't perfect. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They make mistakes. Uh-huh. They're not always right. Even God's always right. But there's this there's this dilemma because one of the characteristics of of uh, spiritual children is confusion. Sure. So they're they're confused about who God is sometimes and have to go through that because what they thought about God is not true. Well, and, and you know, because they've made up this stuff. Sure. That how this is how God and, 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 and it's, and it's confusing and frustrating for them because if God doesn't perform how they think he ought to perform based on their understanding of him, well, they get disappointed at it and their needs. Mad. Yeah, and you know he, that self-centeredness, right? Yeah, self-centeredness kicks yeah. in, and it's like, oh, God must not love me because He told me no. Sure, sure. He's well, mean because He's not letting me do this or that. Well, what it ends up being at some point, you know, when we were young, and and our parents would tell us no, we'd go to the room and close the door and say, "Man, they don't love me," and you know, and all that nonsense that we would do when we were young. Well, you see, spiritual children do the same Absolutely. thing. Yeah, I mean, so how we behave as children to our parents mm-hmm. is the we behave very similarly with our heavenly Father. That's right. You know, and to, and and it's incredibly important to intervene mm-hmm. and be the voice of reason while they're emotionally charged. And 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 we're not talking about just children. We're talking about adults who are also spiritual children. It's yeah, that's, in, what, that's who I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's incredibly important to uh, to intervene gracefully and gently, you know, in that process and and kind of help them along because as they kind of sort out and pick apart that caricature that they have of God, I mean, it can be very Mm. difficult. You know, we, we've talked about many times that, you know, everybody has this vision of what they think God is. And oftentimes it's very difficult to kind of untangle that and, and, and give them the reality of, of as best we can. Of, of what God really is and all that. So, yeah, it's important to be involved in that process. Well, that verse talks about, I have written to you children because you have come to know the Father. Yeah. Well, here's the thing, <clears throat> is that for spiritual children, uh, given, you know, adults who are spiritual children, <clears throat> uh, when they hit the spiritual child stage, um, it's no longer the man upstairs. It's no longer this generic God out there. Right. They know him as... Their father, yeah. So they're, they're, the 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 intimacy is beginning to deepen from God, a generic God, yeah, to my heavenly Father, yes. So that there's a shift that changes that becomes it's a it's a it's a lot. It, that's a significant shift from spiritual infancy. Is usually well, Jesus saved me. There's a God out there. He loves me. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. And to when they shift into the spiritual child stage, that their their relationship with God has has gone a little bit deeper now. Now he's their father. Well, and something they, they else we that. need to keep in mind when we're dealing with spiritual infants moving into spiritual <clears throat> children, you know. So as that relationship becomes more personal, we have to keep in mind too that they're talking to and thinking about someone they don't know. Yeah, okay, so so I, I remember my son, Ethan. Uh he's a he's an incredibly spiritual young man. Yeah, it, it's it's 
it's awesome to watch him. He's been that way since he was young. Uh, he was maybe five years old. We were walking over by Lakeview and they've got the outdoor classroom. And so we all sat down there and Ethan's like, I'm going to preach to you guys. Right. And he goes up to his pulpit, if you will. And he begins just preaching in the way that he's seen people on TV and stuff like that. I mean, you know, he's, he's losing his mind. He's a five-year-old kid, right? <laughs> he's having fun with it. But, but anyway, so, uh, he and I, we've had many conversations and I'm, I'm glad to say that oftentimes he's the one that brings those up. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that he said to me once was his dad, he said, sometimes I have, I have a hard time believing some of the stuff. I said, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. I said, so first of all, thank you for being brave enough to tell mm-hmm. me that. Yeah. And, and okay, we could sort that out. And I said, you know why that is? I, 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 the way I described it to him was, as I said, okay. I said, if a stranger came in here into our home and said, Hey, this guy's pink. I said, you would automatically disregard that person because you don't know him. You don't trust him. The sky's pink. Uh, I don't believe that get out. Right. I said, now, if I came in here and said this guy was pink. I said, you may have some reservations, but you'd be more inclined to at least take my word because you know me. Mm -hmm. So we have to keep in mind that spiritual children don't necessarily know their heavenly father. They're moving into that point of getting to know them. So they're going to they're going to have a difficult time maybe uh, believing or digesting some of the things Mm -hmm. that are said in the Bible. So I always encourage my son, hey, spend time spend time getting to know him, spend time in, in prayer and just meditation um, because you'll be more inclined to be okay with and be able to wrap your mind around things when you're being told by someone you trust. Mm-hmm. You know, so that that was just a, you know, I think it's important that we keep that in mind when we're dealing with spiritual children. So, you know, our entire lives, we're always told, hey, stranger danger, you know, don't talk to strangers. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what we get our whole lives. And then we take something much bigger, like their spiritual growth and spirituality and their relationship with the heavenly father. And we go, Hey, buy it. Mm-hmm. Here you go. Here it all is. Well, we've been telling them their whole lives. Don't talk to strangers, yeah. you know, and, and this and that. Now, look, I'm not, I'm not trying to be disrespectful to God at all. Right. I mean, look, I'm, I'm past that point. So I understand it, but looking at it in mm-hmm. those terms, it's like we tell people don't talk to strangers. Mm-hmm. And then we say, Hey, go pray to God. Right. Well, I don't even know who, he, I don't, Wait, know, I don't know who he is. What right. am I supposed to say to this stranger? No, just, just trust him. So oh, we've wow. got to give them time. Right. To, to settle into that relationship, mm. put God in front of them, let mm-hmm. them get to know them, mm-hmm. spiritual children, right. and and then and then that will come. But don't mm-hmm. get frustrated. Right. You know, consider where they're coming from and what we've taught them their whole lives yeah. before we start getting frustrated with them. <clears throat> All right. So typically, uh, children and parents, children think their parents know everything. Then they realize they don't know everything. Sure. And then as they get older, they look back and think, oh, they knew more than I thought. Yes. Okay. Yes. And that comes with experience. And I think with our Heavenly Father, in some way, it's a thing we, you know, there are, you know, spiritual children think they can outthink God. Oh, yeah. They yeah. know better than God. God don't know. You know what I'm saying? He don't understand me. You know, that kind of sure. Stuff. And so, uh, when in reality, yeah, God knows everything and he sure. does fully understand you and so, more than you realize. <laughs> right. And so, uh, it's like at some point we come to terms with, oh, yeah, I don't know anything. Yeah. 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 Like, I, I was the wrong one. Right. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's like the ant trying to explain the the, uh, the universe, yeah. you know, by looking at his little three-foot world, you know, right. that's underground. And right. this little, you know, the universe is three feet wide. No, it's not. Sure. And so, anyway. Um, all right. So, uh, but spiritual children, they, uh, 
they're, they're something, there's something, they're, they're getting to know their Heavenly Father. I mean, again, the relationship has moved into a little bit deeper, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. There's some God out there. All right, so the, uh, another verse I want to uh, just bounce off some thoughts on is First John chapter 2, verse 1, and he says, uh, My little children, I'm writing these things so that you may not sin. Okay, now that's interesting. Okay, so I think an implication out of that is he said, he, he's talking to the chil- spiritual children, I think spiritual children now, if you're a spiritual child, what's happening is you're becoming more aware of right and wrong. Yes. Spiritual infant. Okay. I mean, they're, they're learning. I mean, they're still learning what's right and wrong, but they understand children, the real basic, right? The, the real, don't touch that thing. Cause it's hot. Right. You know, kind of, ideas. but spiritual children, <laughs> they, they are recognizing it quicker. Sure, they're 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 able to see the sin in their life, sin in others. Oh, that's wrong. That's right. They shouldn't do that. You know, I shouldn't do this. I should do this. They should do. And they're they're wrestling with all this stuff. And so he says, "Little children, uh, you know, I am writing uh, you these things so that you may not sin." So, well, I I think another idea to play off that. So, infants, or you know, very very small people. You know, if we think about it in terms of parenting. They know not to touch that because that's hot. Right. Well, spiritual children are starting to get into the idea of, okay, that's hot. Why does it hurt? Mm-hmm. A little you bit know, deeper it, in the thought Yeah, process. exactly. It's like they understand the basics of that's hot and I shouldn't touch it. Right. Well, then they begin to ask questions like, okay, well, I understand I'm not supposed to touch that. Mm-hmm. Why? Right. Why does it hurt? What causes it to hurt? You know, they're just beginning to broach the subject of, I understand some of the basics but let's get into the minutia of this. Let's get into the the weeds on this thing and well, figure it out. And they're also at the point where they have they know it's hot, and they see a spiritual infant headed there. Yeah, they will tell the spiritual infant, "Don't touch it. That's hot." Sure, okay. sure. I can't tell you all the reasons that it's yeah. hot. I just know that's bad. Don't but do I, that. Yeah, exactly. So when he says, "Like I'm writing these things, so writing you you these things, sin. so you may not sin," uh-huh. you know, I it sounds like it's it's like, okay, so that's hot. Let me explain why that's hot. I'm right. starting. It sounds like he's starting to explain. Yeah. You know the things that are hot that are, yeah. that that you need to stay away from and why you need he's, to stay. He's away about from. to get into the details. Exactly. Of well, another verse, First John. Uh, uh, by the way, have you noticed this is all out of First John so yeah. far? Yeah. Yeah. So he's talking to spiritual children, First yeah. John. So, uh, for the most part. Uh, so First John chapter three verse seven says, "Little children, let no one deceive you." Okay. Now that's interesting. So children are easily deceived. Sure. Okay. Mm-hmm. So this is where, when a person is a spiritual child, this is where this is where it's important that they have someone in their life to guide them away from uh, false religions. Mm-hmm. You know, cults, occults. Because if a spiritual, if they're growing, they're going to be interested in spiritual things and wanting to know more about God. So if they get plugged in or or, or start receiving information from the wrong source, right. You see what's happening? They're yeah. going to be easily deceived. And so I'm convinced that for, there's a lot of reasons why people join these cults and all that kind of stuff. Sure. You know what I'm saying? But, but, but they're all looking for something. And, and there are some Christians who get caught up following a certain individual or a certain group that's not biblically based, and they have some strange views. You know what sure. I'm saying? And, uh, well, and it's also this idea, you know, in, in our spiritual walk that, hey, there are people— telling you things that aren't it's it's almost the first time that 
you say, hey, you know, because spiritual children, oftentimes, you know, when they get to know their heavenly father, this stuff is neat. And it's, it's sometimes it's scary. Sometimes it's confusing. But man, I'm in this new era of my life. Mm-hmm. And it's about discovery and all those things. Well, it takes someone saying, okay, I appreciate your energy, man. I'm going to help you, but understand there are people that are going to lie to you. There are people that are going to deceive you. Mm -hmm. And so now we're beginning to mark out the paths in front of spiritual children and say, okay, this Mm -hmm. is a safe path. This one's, this one's hot, you know, and and all that stuff. Like it, it takes. So once they become spiritual children, there's this curiosity and growth potential there. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you know, I always, uh, you know, in, in my, in my job, I always tell people, I want you to shoot for the moon. My job is to make sure you don't run into the side of it. Mm-hmm. You know, that's my job. Well, from a spiritual parent standpoint, when we're dealing with spiritual children and, and as they grow, it's like, I want you to shoot for God. I just don't want somebody to be able to put you on the wrong track or right. cause you to crash and burn. <clears throat> right. You know, so there's almost this acknowledgement mm-hmm. that, Hey, there is evil out there. And, and, and now we're beginning to, uh, instruct and and make them aware of hey there's some stuff out there that's just not good and not true and and so teaching them how to stay away from some of that yeah you know and the thing is is that for spiritual children um i mean think about it you you take a teenager or a young adult um who's a spiritual child right and their culture the, the current culture we live in is teaching them a lot of things that are wrong Oh man! About sexual identity, yes. About manhood, womanhood, marriage, sex, it, it only money, values, all success, all that stuff. And so, um, you know, it. It's so spiritual children. I mean, they're easily deceived because if because the, the, they they easily believe. Yes. Okay. Well, because they want to. They've got right. this curiosity. Yeah. You know, yeah. they they want to believe. I I spend. A, a, a great deal of time with both of my kids, mm-hmm. my daughter who's 19 and my son who's 16, right. having those discussions with them and right. untangling and unraveling mm-hmm. some of the false things, you mm-hmm. know, in this world. And, it, you know, and so, yeah, from a spiritual standpoint, yeah, I, because, you know, they, what's in front of them, they, they have a desire to absorb right. and to grow and all that stuff. So, yeah, I mean, it's, right. it's difficult. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I think, okay, so I think the devil knows that. Oh, no doubt. I mean, think about it. Now, um, it must be a playground for him. It is. I mean, because he yeah. knows spiritual children will believe anything. Oh, and, yeah. You know, just get them derailed. And so, uh, <clears throat> and, you know, people come into these spiritual children's lives and, um, and tell them all kinds of stuff, you know. And again, one of the signs that uh, uh, children are, they believe things easily is just, uh, let's talk about Easter Bunny Fair, you know, the Tooth Fairy, Santa yeah. Claus, all that. I mean, they believe it. Yeah. I mean, without, without question. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's like, yeah, yeah, logic doesn't even apply wow. here. Santa Claus comes down to the chimney. A fat man takes, coming down the a, chimney. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's right. And he has a, a sleigh of reindeer, and they fly around, the, and one of them has a red nose. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> And it helps them see it now. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, because this magical man has a that, difficult time seeing. Yeah, and he, and he knows if you're naughty or nice. So he's sure. watching you all the time. Not only does he go to every house, but he yeah. also knows if you've behaved all that's year. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And, and uh, he's going to give you whatever whatever present based on sure. how good or bad you are. So. Well, and that's also just to kind of... So that's that's the thing with spiritual children, too. Uh-huh. So they they their whole lives, you lose a tooth, 
you get money. Mm-hmm. You, if you're good, you get presents and this mm-hmm. and that. Well, what happens when a spiritual child asks God for something and they don't get it, and it runs yeah. up against all of that other junk that they have been they, holding on to their whole lives? You know, we, yeah, yeah, that because the people who the people who really like me and support me give me what I want. Yeah, they do yes. what I want. Yes. Well, no. It's so complicated. Yeah, it's like it's right. so much deeper and, and com- yeah. more complicated than that. But yeah. yeah, they think in those easy, uh, direct black and white terms. That's right. And as uh, spiritual parents, you know, now if you're thinking like a spiritual parent, mm-hmm. which is stage five, you understand the growth process. And so if you're, when you're a spiritual parent, when, you're, when spiritual children around you, at church or in your family or whatever, regardless of their age. Right. It, spiritual children say things that, oh, you're so mean. You hate me. Sure. You, you As a spiritual parent, you just realize we all say that. Yeah. This is a part of the growth. This is just that, re, that's a phrase from the stage. Yep. Yep. And so, because um, they don't understand, first of all, they don't understand what real love is. Right. Okay. And they think love is people is it's your job. If you love me, it's your job to make me happy. Sure. Oh, by the way. And that's why if you have two, if you have a couple that's married, a husband and wife, and they're both spiritual infants or spiritual children. Mm-hmm. Oh, they're eventually going to get a divorce. <laughs> right. That could be very difficult. <laughs> yeah. Because once, I mean, that's why a lot of marriages struggle with the whole, well, he doesn't make me happy anymore. Right. Well, that sounds like a, a, a spiritual child. Yeah. See what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, but if you, when you grow spiritually, uh, and hopefully your spouse will grow with you, but um, love takes on a completely different definition and a more accurate definition. Absolutely. So anyway, yeah. And that's another podcast on what is real love. You know, what's love got to do with it anyway? <laughs> you know. <laughs> Yeah, you know, you give love a bad name. You know? They ought to make some songs out of that. Yeah, they should. They should. They should. Really, they, yeah. it, it sounds like there could be a couple of hits out of yeah. just those things you said. Yeah, and I think somebody, you know, like, love will keep us together. Yeah, That would be another good yeah. phrase to work into a song Love somewhere. hurts. Yeah, love hurts. Oh, that would be a you good, know, that's, that would be a good song. I, I agree. Yeah, I agree. Right. Somebody should do that sometime. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe even Dr. Love. That would be, yeah. that'd be, an, that'd be another good one. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. You know. Uh Maybe I'll just maybe, maybe they ought to if you you know that maybe I'll spell a, like a song with like you know L is for the way you look at, and something like that yeah L O V E yes that should be that I should think be a song. we should keep tossing out these ideas for <laughs> yeah. the next twenty or thirty <laughs> right, minutes right. and then yeah yeah let's just do that yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and by the way this is an example of how spiritual parents can become spiritual children quick yeah. <laughs> Look, man, I'm just, I'm just out here, man. I'm, I'm broken. Right. I'm growing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So uh, another verse I want to look at uh, is, um, he says in First Corinthians uh, thirteen eleven. Okay. Now this is the love chapter. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Uh, you know, love is this. Love is not. You know, it's not this. It's this. All that kind of stuff. So he gets through all the love stuff, and then he says this. He says, "When I was a child, okay." He's talking child stuff now. When I was a child, I spoke and thought and reasoned as a child. But when I grew up, I put away childish things. Okay, three things he says here, which I think is very significant. And I think this applies to spiritual children, not just physical children, but spiritual children, you know, at the spiritual child stage. Children, spiritual children will speak a certain way. Yeah. Okay. They will think a certain way and they reason a certain way. 
I spoke and thought and reasoned as a child. So when, so here's the deal. <clears throat> Spiritual children, when they are processing something, it will make sense to them <laughs> that this is the course of action they need to take. Sure. And a spiritual parent is going, that is stupid. <laughs> yeah. It will make sense to no nobody one else. but you. Right. Okay. So, because in, for example, now here's a, this is not a spiritual scenario, but here is a, you know, <clears throat> all right. So, Emma and Natalie, okay, this summer, at that time they were three and six. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, this summer they decided, uh, they, on a Saturday, they wanted to sell some of their stuff. <laughs> they just wanted to sell at three and six. They That's just right. like, Hey, let's have a yard sale. So they made a store <laughs> on the front porch. That's incredible. Now I know that most of the listeners don't know where I live, right? but we're not like in a, we're, we're in a neighborhood, but the houses are are spread out. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not like a, a cookie cutter neighborhood. Okay. And so we don't have a bunch of people coming and going. This is a, a neighborhood in the, you know, in the back of an yeah, area. Yeah. You know, the only people that are here or the, those yeah. that belong here, there's nobody passing right. through. There's this one way in, one way out. Yep. This is not a thoroughfare, if you will, of going right. from point A to point B. And no, he doesn't live in some gated community. Yeah. Or no, yeah. Like by the that. way, this is not a gated community <laughs> yeah. or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but, um, so they set up in their mind. <laughs> They decided they so they pulled out they pulled out a couple of little tables put it out there they they put it and they had and Natalie put a, this little whiteboard thing she put the items she spelt best she could yeah. and she put a numbers to how much it cost and so she was selling some of her books and stuff you know and so I went out there and I said so what you got for sale yeah I so I bought a couple of items. Which originally I paid for to begin with. Okay. So, but anyway, when it was all said and done, she was, Natalie was upset or sad because nobody stopped at her store. She was genuinely sad that nobody stopped at the store. So she was reasoning. Yeah. You know, you and I understand that's not how it works at all. Right. Okay. So when a spiritual child is trying to figure out life, whether they're 25, 35, or 45, right. they're a spiritual child, yeah. and they're trying to figure it out from a biblical perspective, their reasoning behind what they're thinking and doing is going to sound like Natalie setting up a store and thinking people are just going to show up. Well, and and that's the thing that I, I really want the listener <clears throat> to to pause for a moment and ponder about is, is you know, so we use a lot of examples uh you know, from younger people. But if you look closely and just pay attention and think about the things we've talked about and you look at adults and mm-hmm. don't, if you think in terms of spiritual children, right. spiritual infants, that sort of thing, man, these things will make sense. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, if you really think about the things we've talked about and then you look out at the people that surround you and, right. and all that stuff, man, this stuff will really make sense. Yeah. So we're talking about, you know, your six-year-old, you know, reasoning a certain way well that's easy for anybody to comprehend but if you Mm -hmm. take that same template and you just place it on other people and figure out kind of where they're at their behaviors really make sense well think about it you take you let's put it in a marriage yeah there are spouses out there who honestly believe if i give my spouse the cold treatment 
not talk to them, mm-hmm. treat them rudely, that they're going to change their ways and our marriage is going to be better. Yeah. N- no. Right. You, you know, you're what's going to, you're going to push. Mm-hmm. Now, he, now he or she will may apologize, but it's not, I mean, that is a band aid at the best. Oh yeah. You know what I'm yep. saying? Yep. Uh, there are some out there who think, okay, if I yell and throw things, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay. Then, uh, they will stop doing this or start doing that because and what they're doing is I'm using fear to control my spouse. Well, and let me, let and that me, makes sense to him. You know, again, that, again, that's just an adult version of throwing a tantrum. I'm not getting what I want. Yes. So self-centeredness. Yeah, that's right. So again, when I was a child, I spoke and thought and reasoned as a child. And so a lot of that stuff applies to spiritual children whether 25, 35, 45, 55. Well, and let me talk about, so at the beginning of all of the, our conversation on the, the stages of spiritual growth, I, I talked about how much grace was built into that, if you understand it, right? So it's not only grace for other people. So, you know, we've, we've talked uh, at different times during the podcast about, uh, you know, being an intentional making disciples, you know, going out and making disciples and all that. So part of the process, obviously, uh, you know that, you know this, but for the listener, part of the process that I've gone through, through a discipleship process was, uh, we did a marriage book called the complete husband. And I would recommend that. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a difficult thing to go through, but I would recommend that to any, um, anybody that's listening, you know, any of the males that are listening or anything like that, any of the females that want to read it, that's fine too. But, uh, it's more geared, you know, at the, at the male's obviously by the title. But so as I was going through that book the first time, and I've since gone through it again, you know, with, with other groups and stuff, one of the heavy things that happened was, is I, I made the statement. I said, you know, I've been a loyal husband, but I haven't been a good husband. And man, I felt very bad. I remember about you saying that, that in our group. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and what I, so after a period of time, so I, I get this initial thought process and man, that really, I mean, it, it, it hurt. You know, because I'll tell you, like being a husband is, you know, just, man, that's top of my list of things I want to do well, right? And so I had to kind of come to terms with, uh, or at least I thought at the time, man, I'm a bad husband. Now, look, I've always loved my wife, always been loyal to my wife and all that. But, man, there's so much more than just showing up at the house and and being faithful. You know, there's so much more to it. Well, what I've realized since is, is that, Man, I was just at a different stage in that area of my life. Mm. I behaved for a long time as as almost like a spiritual child when it came to mm. my relationship. I had a lot of confusion about what I needed to do. I had a lot of self-centeredness and and all it. Yeah, and so what that's allowed me to do because I have a better understanding of the stages of spiritual growth, it's allowed me to be forgiving of myself and say, "Okay, look, don't Focus solely on the fact that you weren't doing this right or doing that right. Acknowledge where you were at mm-hmm. and, you know, just just grow. Mm-hmm. And, man, it, it, it released me from some guilt and some—now, look, I mean, you know, part of, part of the guilt that I felt were—I mean, I, th- I think it was more conviction than anything. Hey, I need to grow in this area. I need to do right. better and all that. But, but one of the things that understanding the stages of spiritual growth did was allow me to get past— some of that frustration with myself 
because I wasn't growing when I was mm-hmm. frustrated. I was just laying in that spot being angry about it. Right. You know, I was like a kid on the uh, on the floor throwing a temper tantrum at myself. Mm-hmm. Well, now that I, I have a better understanding, I can look back at that and say, okay, no, you were just there. Okay, acknowledge that you were a little bit self-centered and you, were, you weren't as good as you had hoped you were. Mm-hmm. Now let's just move forward. Mm-hmm. You know, so the understanding this isn't just... So you could show grace to everybody else. It's sometimes so you could show it to yourself. Absolutely. You know, because that's that's huge for growth. Hey, yeah. acknowledge where you're at, forgive yourself, and move forward. You know, let's let's continue to grow. Right. You know, and and obviously part of that is is, you know, asking for forgiveness from your loved one and all that right. stuff. But you know, so these stages of spiritual growth, I don't want the listener to just presume that this is just an outward projection of what the world looks like to you. <laughs> also, look at yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Look at yourself and, and, you know, cause you could be at different stages in different areas of your mm-hmm. life. You know, some, in some areas you can be, you could be a, a spiritual parent or a spiritual mm-hmm. young adult. And in some areas you're still a spiritual child or you can move forward and backwards and all that. But yeah. just keep that in mind when we're evaluating other people and ourselves, mm-hmm. acknowledge where we were at and just say, okay, that's was just a stage. That doesn't make me bad. No, just, that, just identify where you're at. Yeah. That's yeah. just a stage of where <laughs> I was at. And okay, cool. Let me grow from there. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the things I, the, one of the reasons why I think every person ought to be in some kind of sports or, some kind of competitive thing. You yeah. know, I mean, whether it's some, okay, whether it's even acting, there's, there's acting competitions out there, which yeah. I, you know, I was a thespian. Let me say that clearly. Yeah. Um, back in high school for three years and we went to uh <laughs> thespian. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I understand. Yeah. And so uh, we went to, co- you know, acting competitions and that kind of sure. stuff, you know, and I, I enjoyed all that. <clears throat> and, but I was also in sports. And so, you know, there were some, and even friends who were in band, you know, they would go do competitions and they had lived like, you know, the first chair, second chair, third chair, yep, that kind yep. of stuff. I was first chair, by the way. Right on. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm not surprised. And that's drums, right? <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And so <laughs> um, and the reason why I'm bringing this competition thing up is because I think being in competition with others helps you to wrestle with this. You're not, okay, you can do better. What do you need to do to improve? Because uh, most people don't know when they first are criticized, or they are not in the first chair, they're mm-hmm. not on the, they're not in the starting lineup. Yeah, you know, a lot of people just quit. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it's tough to deal with that. It is. It's uh, it's a form of rejection. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, and so a part of sports and that kind of that well, not sports, the competitive world or whatever, and where you can watch film or you can listen to yourself or you can watch yourself and say, okay, how do I improve? And somebody's telling you. Once you can get to the point where you can just evaluate yourself because you generally want to improve, well, improvement becomes a lot less personal and much more motivational because mm-hmm. now you've shifted into the, yeah, I want – I want to get better. I want to, yeah. I want to, I want to learn how to get better. How do I do that? I need somebody to point out where I'm weak at. Yeah. And we're just, you know, so that, and what I'm saying is, is that later in life, your job interviews, they're not as, they're not as bad as they, because the, you know, you're listening to, okay, that's where they think I need to improve. Yeah. You know, our job evaluations and uh, here's what you do good. Here's what you need to improve on. And so now it really becomes all about improvement. Well, <clears throat> spiritual children, man, they have a hard time with that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Any kind of criticism, you know, I know we all do. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying. Even spiritual parents will struggle, but spiritual children, 
they interpret it like, oh, they're going to fire me. They don't want me. They don't value me. And the whole time, they're trying to help you. Well, and, and, and then when God tells them no, he doesn't yeah. want me. He doesn't, he doesn't value, value me. me. He doesn't appreciate me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know he's saying I'm part of his family, but I'm the I'm the unwanted stepchild. And I and one of the one of the the reoccurring themes is the word me. That's right. He doesn't want me. Mm-hmm. He doesn't value me. You know, we're very, very self centered, mm-hmm. very inward looking, mm-hmm. you know, in, in in this particular stage. Yeah, and the thing is, so here's the deal. He says when I was a child, this is First Corinthians thirteen eleven. When I was a child, I spoke and thought and reasoned as a child. Now again, we all have to go through the child stage, and this yep. is going to show up with our finances, how you know how we spend money, how we invest it, how we are generous. You know, it's going to show up in our relationships, like marriage and our parenting, and it's going to show up at work. You know, if if we're thinking like a child, it's going to show up in a lot of places. Yeah. Okay, because we're talking and thinking and reasoning like a child about everything, and uh, and and we're at the center of it all. Uh, but then he says this, but when I grew up, the childish things just naturally falled away. No, that's not what he says. I just put them away. I, I put, put away yes. childish things. There is somewhere in there you have to make a decision yes. to grow up. It's intentional. It's intentional. I put, so the, the term put them away mm-hmm. presumes that I understood there was right. a place for those. That's right. So that's the first part is right. understanding that there's a place for this. That's right. The second part is a very intentional act of putting those childish things in their that's place. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I've been listening to you too long, you know, and, and every word matters, <laughs> every word matters. you know, so, that's so right. it's like, the acknowledgement that there's a place for those things to be. Right. It's time for me to put those things down. That's right. the first step. Yeah. The second step is, is being intentional about putting those things down. And that can be difficult. That's right. Yeah. But th- that's a process. Let me be intentional and move in the direction of putting those things down or putting them away. Right. Yeah. Well, okay. So there's a phrase that's, oh, in the last 10 years or so, it's kind of taken off and you can buy things with it on it and there's memes with it and there's plaques and all this kind of oh, I say plaques these little things you sit on your desk or your little posters and it'll say something to the fact I don't want to adult today sure okay which means you don't want to make mature decisions <laughs> you don't want to do anything responsible I yeah. get it but yeah. here, but here's the thing a spiritual parent one that is at the fifth stage um, they are going to adult whether they want to or not. Yeah. Okay. Cause they're a spiritual parent. Yeah. Okay. Parents do things they don't want to do all the time. Um, well, those kids aren't going to take care of themselves. No. Yeah. You know? Uh, so, uh, I know we're talking about spiritual children, but if you are a spiritual parent and you're around spiritual children, mm-hmm. like you're a more mature believer and you're around immature believers. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, I was talking to this lady the other day. Mm-hmm. She's a single mom. Okay. She's older. Yeah. Got several kids. And uh, adopted. Okay. Okay. And uh, we were at church uh, setting stuff up. And somebody asked me, uh, and she was helping me set some chairs up. Okay. We meet at the YMCA, for those who don't know, and we have to set up church every morning because it's a church plant. And been planting it for eight years and so we're still in the we're at this why we rent the why every week so anyway we take over the why we set up everything and so every sunday morning we get there and we set stuff up so um 
I'm setting stuff up, and this lady's there, and she's there every Sunday. She brings all her kids with her, and man, she's she's a workhorse. And so uh, she doesn't say a whole lot, and she's unloading the chairs, and I'm setting them up, and you know we got other people doing other things. And so somebody comes up to me, and they say they ask me something about what do I do because you know since Pam's you know in St. Louis and she's been sick for a couple of years, they asked me said, well, what do you do when the kids are sick? You know, what how, how do you? I mean, how does your world? You know, yeah. And the lady says, she answered for me. Yeah. Just immediately she says, uh, she says, you do what you do every day. You just do it when you're sick. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and, and that's, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. I mean, literally, there's no better answer. Just, uh, I mean, I'm not trying to be gross. You go throw up and you go cook supper. Yes. You yes. Know, unless you call somebody right. and say, you know, a friend that wants to come over, you know, but I mean, when you're like, got a headache or you just, you know, you're just a little sick. I mean, you're still, you can function, Mm -hmm. you know, you just, you know, you just got an adult does what needs to be done, whether they feel like it or not. That's the point. Yeah. Okay. So, but however, what happens is, is that the spiritual children around you, if you're a mature and you're doing the stuff that's, you know, is mature and you're sacrificing and you're doing that kind of stuff and you got other people who are whining, complaining and all that kind of stuff around you. Well, you're around spiritual children. Right. Now it doesn't mean you need to yell at them. Sure. They're not going to be grateful. They're not, spiritual children don't go, I'm so thankful for that you're in my life. What a blessing you are. They're not going to do that. Right. Okay. So just keep that in mind that when you're ministering around adults who are spiritual children, they're, they're not thinking about how to bless others, especially you. Right. <laughs> okay. okay. Or how much of a blessing you are to them. Yeah. They're not, you know, they're, they're not. not thinking about that. Yeah. Let me get that supper. Still self-centered, <laughs> yeah. still self-absorbed. Yeah. Uh, okay. So another characteristic, by the way, uh, as you know, um, that I do want to mention is they are idealistic to them. The world is a certain way and it's, and, you know, life is going to, okay. When spiritual children are about to get married, they're engaged. They think marriage is going to be a certain way. Yeah. They're idealistic. Now, as a spiritual parent, I mean, they're wrong. But they're yeah, absolutely they, wrong. <laughs> yeah, they're they're more wrong than maybe they've ever been. And they other don't know than it. before they right. uh, went from being spiritually dead to That's spiritual right. infants. Yeah, they they are ninety five percent wrong with whatever they're thinking about what life's going to be like after they're married. Look at the grace you're giving. See, yes. I would have said 98, 99%. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. But I'll, I'll take it's 95. I love it. Yeah. Depending on the couple, sure. it might be 100% wrong. <laughs> sure. Sure. Okay. So anyway, uh, what I'm saying is that now I'm not saying marriage is terrible. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying. But, uh, but I do know that, you know, when doing premarital counseling and marriage counseling, and a few times postmarital counseling. Sure. Okay. Um, people going people going into a marriage uh, who are spiritual children they 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 had this ideal this they romanticize everything they don't yeah. they, they don't they and now I'm about to throw down some words that I don't have time to get into but they don't understand what a covenant marriage is and nobody does when you get married I mean you know sure unless you're 45 50 and you've studied what marriage is in the Bible and you understand what a covenant marriage is and all that kind of stuff you're not and even then you're still limited with your understanding yep. because of how it's lived out once you get married and uh, but spiritual children um, every every you know. The dream job is when they graduate from college, they're going to land that dream job. Oh, yeah. It's going to be Mayberry. 
It's going to be Mayberry. Yeah. That's why Mayberry festivals are, are exciting. Because well, yeah, it. because it's what we all truly yes, want. Everybody is nice and funny. That's and what we want. That's, right. That's what life was supposed to be That's when right. we, before we knew any better. And by the way, in Andy Griffith show, uh, uh, all problems are solved within 25 minutes. Sure. That's not how that works, Jeff? No. Oh, okay. We're just throwing that out there. Well, By the way. See, I learned something today, yeah, too. <laughs> for me, people say, have you seen that movie? And and, and, and if it's and if, if they ask me if I have seen a movie and the movie is really real to life, my answer probably will be no. Because I don't watch movies for real to life oh, right. entertainment. Right. You put, me in, put the movie in a different planet. Yeah. A different culture. <laughs> different time. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, I don't want it to look, smell, anything like my life. I, I, when I'm watching a movie, I want to escape the world. Escapism. Right. Yes. And that, and that may be one reason why I like old shows. Because well, yeah, because everything now is just... Everybody's got baggage. Everybody's got issues, well, and addictions. Then, uh, and then it, there's nothing... So... <clears throat> There's nothing too crazy that we already haven't done in the real world. Right. You can't make up crazy stuff to right. put on movies yeah. and shows now that is not no. being played out in the real world. So if anybody in Hollywood is listening. I'm sure they are. I, I, I just have a I, I just have a, I had this crazy idea. Yeah. Uh, create a superhero or just a a detective that solves crimes or whatever and make him better than life for whatever reason he's got it all together but he, he's not a drunk he's not a recovering alcoholic he doesn't he's not on his third marriage and if he has kids his kids actually like him would we even know what that was what that was supposed to look like? No. Can we even fathom? Well, you know, that? I, I'll be glad to help write it. <laughs> yeah. Because here's the deal: well, they, you got to get that book done first. That's right. Before you can write oh, a movie. I, I have been writing on it. Too, yeah, good deal. Yeah, that's right. Good deal. So uh, the so my point is, is, I think we all need. I think we need examples. We don't have any examples anymore. No. And and I, I realize, you know, oh, people want to be authentic and real. That, that, that's true in real life. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you need, you know, but I think when it comes to, I think we need some entertainment where um, she's not a drama queen. Yeah. And he's not angry at something. Yeah. Know, where it's like, you know, this is the way I, this is, this is a, this is a, you know, you just got to separate reality now. You know what I'm sure, saying? Sure. Sure. And say, you know what? That was a good movie. You know what I'm yeah. saying? That's, man, I wish we had more guys like him. Well, I'll tell you, I actually, uh, after the podcast, I'll tell you about a wonderful movie that I was going to recommend. Okay. And I would recommend, it's called Hidden Numbers. Hidden Numbers. It's on Disney Plus right now. Okay. It's streaming. It's incredible. Uh -huh. It's, it's, uh, it, it, it does deal with some, uh, tough realities of the world, but it is such a good movie. Mm -hmm. Uh, it, it's, it's just incredible. It's it's about the space uh, program back in the '60s, early '60s, and uh, there were three African American women who. I know, were oh, I know the movie you're talking super about. Super smart. Yeah, Kevin Costner plays. Yeah, okay. The, the main. I've guy. seen. Have you I've seen, seen that? I, yeah, I've seen the uh, trailers for that. Anyone listening? That, that looks like a good one. It is incredible. Hmm. So, uh, you know, it's you want a good wholesome moment. That reflects 
some good in life. Right. Check that one out. Yeah, and but that, that's not exactly what you're talking about. Right. But there, there are some great examples. And, in and it. I don't mind chaos around my hero. Sure, sure. In the movie, yeah. Uh, I just want the hero to be good to show me how to do it right. If I were to do it right, you know what I'm saying? Yes. That's how it needs to be done. I need, I need an example like on the screen because I think what's happening is I think our expectations. Were, I think our culture is so fed so much entertainment that is so depraved if you will yes that we have no expectations because here's the deal back in the day um the comic books the heroes in the comic books uh-huh they had a weakness but it was not the highlight oh no doubt i mean obviously you know like superman has his kryptonite yeah all that kind of stuff you know and um you know batman has his childhood issues that kind of thing you know sure and then you know the grant, you know the movie, the story, of the Grinch. Yeah. The the original version, the thirty minute version, the cartoon. Yeah. He's just this grumpy guy who get you know the Grinch hearts grow like that. Well, in the new one, which I do like with Jim Carrey. Yeah. I like that one. You know, they decided to go into backstory, you know, his childhood emotional trauma <laughs> yeah. and how he's bullied and made fun of and all that stuff, you know, and why he's the way. Which is that is funny. It's I like, get it. It's fine, but I didn't need all that. No, man. I don't. I, no, I, no. I know all the ugliness. I that's don't right. need to be reminded yeah, of that's it. That's right. Yeah, you that's know? right. Yeah. Anyway, so okay. Uh, I'm not sure how we got on that, but that was uh, interesting. Idealistic. Oh yeah, attitude. That's right. Yeah. And so, the, but the idealistic thing though is spiritual children often will be black and white thinkers. Mm-hmm. Very little gray area, and um, when it comes to morality, they 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 to them that's right, that's wrong, and so what you'll have is you'll have these spiritual children struggling with things like they'll you'll hear them say, well, how can they be a Christian if they are it just fill in the blank. Well, and black and white. And let me also so uh you know, I one of the things that I found myself uh getting caught up with and this is uh several years ago uh before Genesis and all that stuff. So I I had this idea of right and wrong. And I always called it principle. Okay. Okay, to be a principled man or a principled woman in the world okay. is a difficult task. Okay. Yeah. Okay, you know, and I, I do believe that yeah. uh, as a general statement. But so I had a friend of mine that, uh, well, I, I had an individual that, that was behaving in a way that I felt like was not a principled way. And I just said, look, you know, I, I just don't need to interact with this person, right? Okay, mm-hmm. so so whatever. And it turns out I didn't need to interact with that person anyway. Well, so it, it became difficult because I ran into uh, a friend of mine who behaved in the same way. And then, then I had a choice to make, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, am, am I, I'm, I'm this, and, and I'm using air quotes, I'm this principled guy, right? So this is how I act whenever this happens or that happens. And so I, I quit communicating with this guy. He was a friend of mine, you know, but I said, Hey, we just can't be friends at all. Right. And I just quit communicating with mm-hmm. him. And, and I always regretted that. And, and as I look back now, I think to myself, there was no, I had no idea. And, and this, this individual is a Christian. Right. Uh, and, and in fact has grown tremendously, not, not because I've directly talked to this individual, but you know, I see him on social media and that sort of thing. And, and, and it appears he's growing. Um, but I have so much regret that I, I terminated that personal relationship with right. that person based off a of principle and I had no room. Now look, that there are people in our lives that we have to no longer kind of communicate with and things like that, but this guy wasn't one of them. Right, cuz they're you dangerous know, or hurtful or sure, toxic sure. in some way. 
This guy was not one of them. Right. He made a mistake. And, and I look back on that relationship and think, you know, he was a really good friend to mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. And I, and I left him at the bus stop right. uh, because of my quote unquote principle. Yeah. And, and there was no room for grace. There was no room for acknowledgement on maybe where he was at, you know, in his spiritual mm-hmm. walk and in his level of maturity and all that. So, right. you know, it's, it's, uh, I, I had this, I, this very black and white look. Right. at people and people's behavior. And, and it was just, you know, to me, it was, it was not fair to the people, right. you know, but that's where I was at, you know, yeah. when I was, I clearly was a spiritual child at the time because I, you know, if you do this, mm-hmm. we can't hang out. If you sin this way, right. we're done, right. you know, and all that kind of nonsense. So yeah, I've, yeah. I've experienced that personally myself. Yeah, and it's difficult uh, if if you are a person who's very aware of the gray areas, mm-hmm. and you have you're in a relationship with someone who's black and white thinking. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna create some tension. Sure, you know, um, and because uh, I I will say the more I study the Bible, the more gray things are. Oh yeah. When what when what's weird about that is is that when I first became a Christian, started studying the Bible, everything was black and white. Oh yeah. Ten Commandments. Yep. Simple. Simple. Yep. You know, and a uh, bunch of do's and don'ts, man. Here it is. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, sin is sin. Easy enough. Easy enough. Yeah. Boy, it's simple. Man, it's easy to go out here and judge the world. It is. Man, this is simple. Man, your hair's too long, <laughs> yeah. you know, and yeah. uh, shirt's too short, yeah. short you know, and yeah. <laughs> that music's too loud. You listen to that devil. You're doing that devil dancing, aren't yeah. you? You know? So, <laughs> yeah. And so, uh, but now... Uh, you know, but here's the deal. I, I'm convinced that spiritual children, as they're growing, not 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 everybody does this, but I think many believers do this at, at some degree in some way. They have to go to some kind of spiritual boot camp, which means they they have to s- escape the world somehow. They got to let they, you know they they take this break, if you will, okay, from their friends, yeah, from the partying. Yeah, because they're wrestling with. I, I if, for me to grow, I can't be around them at all. Right. Well, yeah, that's it's that's a where boot I was camp, at. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. And so, uh, and I do think in some ways, um, some believers they need that time away from their previous life, and then they go back into it. Sure. But now, how do you? But the problem is, is that how do you tell your friends? Well, I, uh, you know, I mean, you're just a mess, and I just can't be around yeah, you yeah, you're, for a little yeah, while. You're pulling me down. I'm yeah. trying to grow spiritually. Yeah. I love God now, yeah. and you guys make fun of me. You want me to drink. You want me to party. You want me to do this. You want me to watch that. You want me to you know, participate in this or that, and I'm, I'm just not there anymore. Right. You know, and so, but I, I do still like you guys when we're not doing that. Yeah. You know, that How do you stuff. do that without sounding pretentious? Right. You know, and driving people yeah. away and well, going, and, well, if that's and, a God thing, I don't want any part of that. Well, you know? a spiritual, tri- okay, so a spiritual child is probably going to be rude about it. And this yeah, is what, I was. Yeah, you know. I was. Um, you know, because, uh, you know, Natalie sometimes, who's seven, will sometimes, she'll come home from school and she'll say, so-and-so's ugly. And I go, what? <laughs> <laughs> and she said, she's ugly. I said, well, what do you mean? She, and then she'll explain what she means. I said, well, yeah. no, okay, no, she's not ugly. Well, you know, but she'll just say it. Yeah. You know, yeah. and, uh, or she'll, you know, like, or she's mad at me. She'll just say, you're mean, mm-hmm. you know, and then she'll just, you know, walk off and then <clears throat> I let her calm down and I go talk to her and then, then all of a sudden I'm nice again. Well, I, I used to be very bad. A lot of people used to say to me, like, 
And man, if you want to know the truth, go to Johnson, right? Well, the problem with that was, and and man, I felt very proud and very yeah. like, yeah, I'm yeah. honest. Even if it hurts, I'm honest. Yeah. Well, what I've realized over the years is, is I just weaponized truth so right. I could be mean to people. Yeah, that that's that's the way I was years yeah. ago. I mean, it was it was very clear. That's right. all I was doing was just weaponizing the truth. Yeah, just. Because I enjoyed being, because I was I was upset and mm-hmm. I was hurting or whatever, so I enjoyed watching other people, you know. And and that's not something I'm proud of at right. all, you know. For for the listener, I don't, I I do my very best to not be that way anymore. Right. But the truth of the matter mm-hmm. is, is that that's what I was doing. You know, I was very honest. Yeah. Well, no, I was just very hateful. Yeah. You know? and well, you know, spiritual children will. Um, they will say whatever they need to say to get what they want. Oh, yeah. Yep. And they may be clever about it. Sure. You know, but it's really, again, it's all about them. It yeah. Really, it's all not, about manipulating right. the situation to point inward. And for a lot, and, and many times they don't care how it makes you feel or anybody no. around them because, you know, they're getting what they want. Yeah, you know? very rarely do That's they right. care. Which one of the beliefs, behaviors, and attitudes of this stage, mm-hmm. uh, they are uh, feeling Feelings are very important to them, how they feel. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh, which means they go from spiritual highs to spiritual lows. Okay. And so um, that's why they can be on fire one day and not on the other for God. You know what I'm saying? And that's what, and they sometimes come across as almost schizophrenic <laughs> spiritually. Yeah, it's true. It's like really in love with God. And then all of a sudden they're, do, they're doing things like, I thought you said you had, you were man growing spiritually. Wow. I'm not seeing that. I'm not seeing that right now. Yeah. What you just told me, that don't sound right, you know, with what you're doing. Um, all right, so another characteristic that I think that you'll see in them is the lack of wisdom about how to use what they are learning. Now, let me say it again. Lack of wisdom, practical application, lack of wisdom about how to use what they are learning, for example, too aggressive when sharing their faith. All right, so spiritual child. Oh, yeah. Excited about Jesus. Yeah. Somewhere along the way, they, they somebody told me, well, you know, if you love Jesus, you're going to be talking about him to other people. So then all of a sudden, they get way too aggressive. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's obnoxious. Yep. It sure is. Yeah. And um, and they sort of get rude about sharing their faith. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's a statement I never thought I'd hear. Yeah. They kind of get rude, rude about, about sharing, sharing their, their faith. faith. <laughs> yeah. They start forcing their faith down people's throats. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and then wonder why they get the responses they right. do. Yeah. And then, well... Well, and then it's really easy to backslide mm-hmm. and go, well, this whole thing must be a sham because, right. man, I'm out here, I'm on fire for Jesus and nobody's yeah. listening. Yeah, you know, you know? And, and they'll say the right things. It's just the, how they do it and when they sure, do it. You know, sure. don't you know God loves you? I mean, don't you understand that you could die right now and go to hell forever? And, and you know, <laughs> you, you ought to know better than that by now. Haven't you heard about Jesus and all uh-huh. that kind of stuff? Don't you go to church? What's wrong with you? And they just start, they just, and they just keep after them. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Yeah. You just need to get saved, man. This, this, they almost get manic about Jesus. Yes. And, it, yeah. you know, it's like, ah. Yeah. You know? and, they, and they just sort of vomit the gospel on people. Right. And you know? people don't like to be no, vomited man, on. No. no. <laughs> if you take nothing else from no. this whole thing, people do don't not like, like to be vomited that's right. on. So, uh, so they, they can be very aggressive. Uh, with sharing their faith. I mean, they love you and they're doing it out of, you know, what they're learning. They're learning to, to They've been told, share the gospel, share the faith, share about Jesus. So they just do it how they think it ought to be done, sure. and it's usually too aggressive. Um, then on the flip side of this, again, we're talking about lack of wisdom about how to use what they're learning. Well, 
they become too legalistic in their approach to dealing with their friends and family, which we just talked about. Yes. Yes. You know, uh, you know so they go around and they break all the, Okay. We had a person in our house one day, several okay. years ago. Yeah. Um, it was a family member. Uh, they love Jesus. No doubt. Okay. Uh, they're at our house. Mm-hmm. My kids were watching. We're talking about, you know, kids. They were watching a DVD. I don't remember what it was, but there was, we back then, we, there was no YouTube. No, there's no live. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So we, we actually could control with great detail. Yeah. What type of entertainment was in our house? Because you had to buy it. Yes. Okay. Different times now, but That's yes. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, uh, so, and everything that we own, we evaluate it. Yeah. Okay. When it came to like entertainment type stuff, mm-hmm. movies and t- TV shows and that kind of stuff. And so the kids were watching some movie. I don't remember what it was. Well, this particular individual, <laughs> an adult, family member, did not agree with what they were talking about on that kids show. Yeah. Got up. Pushed eject, took it out, broke it. Oh wow! Yeah. Wow. Okay. And anyway, like, that'll be 1995. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, go ahead and pay me for that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, and thanks for uh, uh, lagging my kids to now not trust you. Sure, sure. And see how to break things and yeah, everything. That's right. Else. Like yeah. you don't like stuff, just break it. Yes. Not absolutely. Didn't even say anything about it. Just got up and broke it. Hmm. That's no warning, no hate. Yeah, if you know, they, you know they're doing this on that. What do you feel about that? You yeah, know, that kind of thing. You know. Yeah. Uh, nope, just got up, pushed out, and broke it. So what I'm saying is, is that too legalistic in their approach to dealing with their friends and family? <laughs> yeah, I'd say so. Okay, I'd say so. Uh, you know, and, and and he was a Christian, and um, but a little odd on some things. Sure. Um, another uh, uh thing that they do is uh or believe is that belief uh, that people are not caring for them enough. Oh, yeah. Me, right. me, me. Yeah. So, uh, and now, as a pastor, here's how this shows up at church. Uh, I think we need to sing more of this kind of song. Yeah. I think that's music's too loud. I think, uh, uh, I think you need to, you know, you need to do this, pastor, or you need to do that. Or you also hear this, well, they didn't come to visit me. You know? Oh, by oh the way, yeah. Okay, so I don't hear really, that a lot. Yeah, I don't hear as much as I used to. Of I course, do. Genesis is different, you know? Right. But, however, but back when uh, pastoring more traditional churches mm-hmm. that had more of a history, um, you know, a deacon could go visit them. The Sunday school teacher could go visit them in the hospital, you know? The whole congregation whole congregation. If the pastor didn't show up. Yep. Well, you know, the church don't love me. Pastor don't oh, love yeah. me. You know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. You know? And have no idea, is it possible that maybe the pastor, maybe he had more important things to, because everybody in the hospital is not sick. Right. Well, and... and I mean, they're, they're, they're under, there's they're, they're, they're something, obviously they're checking them out. But sure. it's not like they're like, miserable sure you know and sometimes a phone call hey i just want to call check it's just, that's good enough you know come on and is it is it so hard to believe that maybe he forgot or maybe he made a mistake well or this is it so hard to believe that maybe there's other more important things yes. that's going on that you don't know about yes. that he needs to focus on rather than driving 45 minutes yeah to spend 15 minutes with you 
you know, when a phone call would be suffice. You know? It's this presumption right. that because someone doesn't do something to please me, that it's somehow personal against me or they don't care they about don't care me. About it, right. It's that entire presumption. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and know, also Tennessee, they uh, moving on here. The Tennessee to serve others in a ministry as long as they as the benefit outweighs the cost. Sure, sure. I'll, but once it becomes hard, they're out. Well, and, and I, I also wanted to touch on this, oh, yeah. the idea of disillusionment because of their high expectations of others. Oh, yeah, yeah. I suffered with that personally for a long time. I'd put people on pedestals and then when they, and then when they, God forbid, their sinful nature mm-hmm. got a hold of them, I watched them, I would take them off that pedestal yeah. and walk away. And that's just, I mean, that, that's, that's wrong on several levels, right. you know? So yeah, I, I suffered from that quite a bit years and years ago right yeah um it's okay so another one that is just one i've noticed personally is that this 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 is tricky you can have someone who's very intelligent with the bible they study the bible all the time oh yeah man they're in your they're in your life group your bible study man they just bring it they're highly they're insightful they're deep you know prayers are beautiful all that stuff you know and um and man, they know they know a lot of stuff about the Bible, man, and, and they are able to communicate it very well. But the problem is, is that they are all about knowledge. Oh yeah, they just love studying the Bible. Yeah, they really don't care about people. Okay, mm-hmm. and so they're not really making disciples. They're not doing ministry. They they just go from one Bible study to another, right? You know, um, so they in a, in a child's world, basically, they go from one. Um, one recess to another. They're not learning anything. Right. You know, they're just going to the playground and play, you know, then they go to a the arts and crafts thing and they play over there a little bit. And, you know, and a lot of Christians go from one Bible study to another because it's, that's their playground. They just love studying the Bible. Sure. Learning new stuff. Sure. And, and it's all about them because they get a high off of learning something new. Yeah. And the application is just not there. They're not applying it. Which well, that gets into the next stage. Sure, sure. And and here's the thing. I love it that people thirst for knowledge, especially when it comes to the Bible. But mm-hmm. it's like what what is your driving force? Really it's it's about, you know, for spiritual children, I think there there has to come a point where they just stop and do some self reflection. Okay, what's right. motivating me? Right. You know, what's what's really motivating me? And I think mm-hmm. that's I think as you begin to grow out of that stage, mm-hmm. uh, the reason that you can make the steps towards getting out of that stage is as you begin the self-reflection. Right. You know, what really is motivating me mm-hmm. to do this or to do that? Is it really about others or is it about me? You know, um, you know, one of the things, you know, I talked earlier about that marriage book thing. One of the things uh, that I, that I struggled with. So my wife, uh, you know, she's incredible. She's awesome. I mean, she's, she's a sinner just like I am. I don't want to give the impression she's perfect, but man, she's incredible and she's good to me. And, and so went through this marriage book. And, and one of the things that my wife struggles with is visual noise. Jeff, you and I have talked about that before. So I have a little pile of clothes that I, that I keep beside the bed. I don't really keep them there. I'm just lazy and leave them there. Right. It never gets out of control, but man, that always bothered her. And I'll never forget, uh, you know, and, and Lord knows God ordained our wives to be our helpers. And this is this was some truth that she gave me. I remember one night I'd been picking those things up and keeping them picked up for a while, right? And so I, I said to Tosh, I said, hey, you know, have you noticed that I've been doing that? You know, I've noticed you haven't said anything. And she looked at me and she said, that upsets me. And I said, 
why? And she said, because it indicates to me that you're doing that so you'll get praise. You're not doing that for me. Now, I don't want to give the impression that my wife is, you know, non-thankful or she's not thankful or anything like that. But man, I just stopped. And I looked at her and I said, I'll never do that again. And I meant that with like a, a pure heart. I was at her feet, you know, and, and so I had to kind of reflect and go, okay, like, what are my real motivations here? You know, I was behaving like a spiritual child for a moment. I was doing this thing only so I could get praise. Not really. I wasn't really selfless, mm-hmm. you know, when it came to that. So yeah, this idea of, you know, hopefully there's something or someone in, in everyone's life as they kind of, and that's the importance about being consistent with spiritual infants and spiritual children, be the person that helps them, helps push them into that self-reflection stage, Right. you know, where they can go, okay, what, what is motivating me to do this? You know, and, and once you start doing that, that's when you begin to, to maybe push and grow out of that stage. So, okay. All right. So, um, on a side note, yeah. um, well, okay. So my life is not less chaotic right now. Right. Okay. But it's more systematic. Sure. Okay. Sure. So, and so for a couple of years, I had stopped doing premarital counseling, marriage counseling, all that. I mean, like providing it, you know, for mm-hmm. people as a pastor, pastoral counseling kind of stuff. Just didn't have the time. And, uh, because of personal life stuff and just trying to get the daily stuff done, weekly stuff done for, you know, Genesis. And, um, anyway, now things are, I don't want to say slowing down, but things are more manageable and more in order, more in order. Yeah. Okay. So I've started doing, I'm starting to do a little bit more of that, like premarital counseling, mm-hmm. starting to do that and, and, uh, doing some marital providing marital counseling. So anyway, I, I met with this guy the other day, Yeah. um, for some marriage counseling and we were talking about some stuff that he needed to focus on. And I, and in bouncing off what you just said, I'm just going to affirm what you said because what you just said is what I just told what I told him. I said, "Look, here, here I said all these things that you say you're going to do. Don't ever bring them up to your right. wife. Yeah. Never. Right. Don't point them out. If she sees them, let them let her because I said as soon as you mention it, I told him I said as soon as you say, "Look at what I'm doing for you." Yep. It ruins what you just did for her. Yeah, because, it shows her what your real motivations yeah, were. Yeah, what she's going to hear is, I want you to see how good I am, and it's all about you now instead of about just serving yep. her. Yep. So just do it without saying a word. Yeah. And that, I mean, I, that is hard to do. Absolutely, it's terribly difficult yeah. to do. Especially when you're doing stuff you normally don't do and you don't want to do it. And, uh, or right. if you're doing it and you're doing it for the right motivations, but you really want recognition at the same time. Sure, you know? sure. So, uh, but it is hard to keep, you know, just, just do it. And, uh, but however that gets into the spiritual young adult stage, because spiritual young adult, the next stage is thinking about other people wanting to serve them and yeah. they, don't, they don't really need gratification uh, or being somebody being thankful. Yeah. For with no, no expectation of anything right. in return. Right. A spiritual child, they're going to serve you for them. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And they want you to see it. They want you to see, look at what I did. Take a picture of me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? In my discipleship group, we spend a lot of time talking about and really dissecting what mm-hmm. our real motivations are when right. we're doing certain yeah. things because we want I I want mm-hmm. the people in my group uh I want them to do those things for people around them for the right. right reasons. Right. You know, and so we spend a lot of time focusing on what are our motivations, yeah. you know, and, and that's, that's how we grow, yeah. you know, being honest with one another and, and being honest with ourselves. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, 
Okay, another characteristic that you might just want to be aware of of a spiritual child is this: uh, more knowledge about what they are more they okay they have more knowledge about what Christians say than what the word says. Usually, now I just talked about the person who studies the Bible all the time, sure, because there's always exceptions to the rule. But for a spiritual child, they're here's what you're going to hear them say. They're not you're not going to hear them say what the Bible says. Mm-hmm. You're not going to hear them say that very often. Yeah. What you're going to hear is, well, well, my pastor said. This is what Jeff said. This is what Jeff said. This is yeah. what Billy said. Yep, yep. I was listening to this guy. This I was listening to this guy on uh, on the radio. I was listening to this guy on YouTube. I was yeah. listening to this podcast. And these guys were, you know, that, that kind of thing. Or I was reading this book, and that guy in the book said, you know what I'm saying? That mm-hmm. kind of thing. And so um, uh, you're going to hear them say that a lot a spiritual child and as they grow spiritually it shifts from what this significant person that they trust says to what does the bible actually what does god's word actually say yeah you know now okay i haven't got criticized for this but um but i used to quote guys all the time Mm -hmm. oh you know so and so you know and now in our newsletter we'll put quote quotes you know inspirational quotes stuff from so and so you know this person that person and that's fine but uh and the reason why I quit doing that is is just very simple. It's because I want people to I I don't want them to remember the guy's quote. Yep. Or my quote. Mm-hmm. I really want I want it to be you know word driven. Absolutely. You know. So yes. And that's the reason why. Uh, okay. Uh, for the listeners. All right. During October's Past Appreciation Month. Okay. And one of the things that. Uh, I'm not sure who, I think it's, I don't know who started it. I think Chris Creech ran it was what are some things uh, that you hear Pastor Jeff say all the time? Yeah. Okay. He puts it on Facebook, right? Yeah, I love it. And so there was a bunch of things that people said, well, he says this, says that. Uh Well, one person said this and I know what they were doing. I don't remember who said it, but I thought, but they said, uh, open your Bibles to the book of Mark. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but what a great. Yeah. Thing yeah, I know what they were doing because sure. I, you know we've been in it for so long sure. that they're saying he's, <laughs> you know, that's the only book in the Bible is the Gospel yeah. of Mark because he's been in it forever. So, I sure hope you don't get offended by that because yeah. that's never going to shake. Yeah, I know. Yeah. So, uh, but however, uh, there is, a, and I, I realize people, a lot of people don't bring their Bibles and, and they have it on the phone or they use the outline or they mm-hmm. see the screen behind me or they don't use anything at all, and I'm okay with that. But I think it's important. That they hear uh, Christians say, uh, "Open your Bible." Yep. Go to this place in the Word. Right. Not, yeah. hey, I'm just going to tell you yeah. some stuff. And, and I know I say it just about every Sunday. I'll say, "Hey, you know, if you know if you don't have your Bible with you, you can you know, look it up on your phone. It's provided, you know, the outline for you or on the screen behind me." Right. I, I want them to understand that what we're talking about is in the Bible. Yep. Yeah. This is not this is not some guy out there that you know is. I'm not sharing this guy's thoughts. I'm sharing this is we're going to evaluate and talk about the Bible today. And so basically what we're trying to do today, except this is a conversations format versus yeah. a preaching format. And because uh, everything we're looking at today, uh, even though it's a conversation, I mean, we've really been bouncing our thoughts off of what the Bible says. Absolutely. First John, well, first John, first John. And, and let me say this. So I have the advantage of, of having a, a good, close personal relationship with you. Not, that's not just church driven where I see you on Sunday. I get right. to see you in, right. in, in other avenues. We go golf and stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I get, so here's the thing. 
I do very much trust your teaching and understanding of the word and all those things. But oftentimes we will talk and like, let's say I come to you and, and I say, man, I've, I've been kind of mulling this around. And so one of two things happens. Either A, I've looked up the scripture mm-hmm. and then I come and have a conversation with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, or B, after I have a conversation with you, I go read the scripture. And it is not because I don't trust or believe you right. at all. Yep. It's because I do understand like, hey, look, trust but verify. Yeah. Because here's the thing, you can make mistakes too. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, you know, or just by maybe we had this conversation, it drives me to the word, I get a better understanding from the word. And then while I'm there, I get something else that I really needed that I didn't know I needed. You know, so it's this this idea. So there is a, a definite shift because it would be easy for me to come and have conversation with you, right? Listen to your wisdom. And and look, I you know, I mean you're you're a wise individual when I mean you definitely spend some time in the Bible, right? So I could just take everything that you've told me and then go spew it to everybody mm-hmm. and sound like a genius. Mm-hmm. That's true. You know what I'm saying? Or okay. sound like I've, I've I sound like I've got doctor at the end of my name yeah. or the beginning of my name. If you repeat like what you, I say, you will sound like a genius. <laughs> right. I'll at least sound like a guy who's got his doctorate, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe yeah. And then I can just tell everybody that, right? But it's like, no. So I don't just just because we have a conversation doesn't mean that that's the end all be all. It's like, let's, right. let's get into the word. Let's confirm this stuff. And then let's work from that place. Yeah. I just, <clears throat> one of the goals behind the conversations podcast yeah. is to give people an example of what talk talking. Yes. About God's word can sound like just chatting, just chatting. Yes. And you know, and we, you know, obviously we, you know, chase rabbits that have nothing to do with anything, sure. like that, but that's conversations. That's what and people that's okay. do. Yeah. That's yeah. right. And we, you know, we get goofy and we say things, and I think that's, we're just, I mean, literally, uh, and I I know we've said this before, literally, we, you and I could just show up and somebody could walk in here and say, Hey guys, I want y'all to talk about, and they give us a subject yeah, and we would go, we could talk about it for the next hour. Yes. Yes. Well, let's talk about it. Yeah. You know, and, uh, what does God's word say about it? And we just kind of share. Yes, we're always driven by. Yeah. And, and and that's there are always and I can't I can't imagine a single one of these podcasts where scripture specific scripture isn't right. read and talked about yeah in any of them right because it's word driven yeah. we're not we we're not on here uh, to spew our thoughts and sound intelligent this yeah. is even all, though we do spew sure, our thoughts sure. and sound intelligent <laughs> sometimes, <laughs> sometimes. Yeah. but it's it's all word yeah. driven yeah it's it's, it's and, and you're hearing where we are I mean here's, yeah. here's what's interesting you know there you know we do this thing called a phrase from the stage yeah yeah if we go back when all this is said and done and we're and we're just chasing a rabbit and we're saying something I guarantee you you will hear phrases from various stages yes coming out of our mouth because that's a reflection of where we are on that particular yes story that we're telling yes you know and and that's okay right because we're all still growing and we acknowledge now, that yeah yeah and we absolutely acknowledge that <laughs> yes. uh and yeah. our wives would acknowledge that <laughs> yes and so and they would probably say actually as goofy as they sound they're actually more immature than they actually sound <laughs> yeah. i guarantee you yeah. my wife would yeah, say we're, that we yeah. put on our best behavior sort of for the podcast sure you know? sure yeah so uh uh oh by the way uh okay talking about being trusted Okay. Okay. Yeah. This is where I, this is where 
being Jeff Stott is dangerous. I received a text the other day. Yeah. And they were asking, uh, they were want, this person was wanting to buy some uh, some stuff for Pam. Okay. You know, like Christmas stuff, you know, just, yeah. you know, to bless her. Because, you know, she's sure. a whole lot of stuff. Yeah. <clears throat> and they said, what is Pam's favorite color and her favorite animal? They just happened to catch me at a time where I'm light and fluffy. Yeah. I said, favorite color is purple. Favorite animal is a Sasquatch. <laughs> now, Jeff. purple is correct. That's one of her favorite colors. Yeah. Okay. That is correct. Okay. Sasquatch. First of all, it's not even an animal. Right. Okay. I, I assumed they would just see the sarcasm, the joke. So the next a few minutes goes by. And uh, they send me a text with some pictures. Do you think Pam would like this, this, and this? <laughs> and it was all Sasquatch driven. <laughs> I thought they were just messing with Yeah, me. just messing back. Like right. firing back. Right. Yeah. Because they found some Sasquatch blankets. Yeah. Sasquatch things. You know what I'm saying? With Sasquatch. And, and, um, and, and in the text, she said, uh, well, I've already bought this one. Oh no! And I and I, I went. I so I, in my head that's what I said. I went, oh no! Yeah. I said, uh, I was joking about the Sasquatch. <laughs> and she said, she said, she said, Jeff, you can't do you that. You can't do that. I, yeah. said, I said, now me and the girls will love the Sasquatch stuff. Absolutely, absolutely. Whatever yes. she said. And, I, and then she texted. She said, well, is purple her really favorite color? I went, yes. Okay, that was good. That was yeah. good. Yeah. So anyway. Uh, so I think uh, uh, Pam is going to end up with some kind of Sasquatch item, and uh, she's going to know. And she's there. She'll what? know. And, I, and I'll just say, you know what? Um, it's a blessing. It's I'll a take blessing. That. You know what? Yeah. She yeah. didn't know any better. She just thought she liked that. <laughs> yeah. But uh, so in our conversation, there was more to the conversation. I said, hey, I said uh, on the Sasquatch thing. I said, I said, Pam did throw my for my fiftieth birthday party. She threw me a Sasquatch party. Yeah, you know, so I mean, she's you know. You know, that kind of, so that's what she did. So anyway, I said, you know, she, she and I said she actually would find that funny. Sure, she, you know, she would like to have, uh, like, I think I don't know, I can't remember what she bought, but I, I don't know if it was that Sasquatch blanket or something, sure, you know, whatever. Uh, you know, I think I thought Pam would th- think that's funny. She would display that. She would chuckle about. that. Yeah, she would. Yeah, so it's a good gift. Yeah, it's, it's actually yeah. a good gift. Yeah, it's a great gift, but yeah. it's it's. Yeah. <laughs> and so, uh, but however, it was bought based on uh-huh. trusting that my response was serious. Oh, Jeff Stott's wisdom. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, <laughs> and the lesson learned is, you know, we have to be careful what we say because there are people who take what we say. Sure. Literally. Literally. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, all right. So we need to start wrapping this thing up. We've been pushing an hour and 20 minutes. We're not doing the three hours today, but we right, have right. gone over an hour. Sure. Uh, let's see. Um I do want to highlight a couple of things before we wrap it up. Um, so, uh, Jeff, what do you think a, a spiritual uh, child needs? That's what I was going to look at. That's okay. What do. That's all what right. Do. Yeah. Yeah. I think they need three things, and it's all based on First Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 11. All word, right. Word driven. Yes. All always. right. Here we go. This is what the Bible says. Paul is writing to some believers, and he says this. As you know, like a father with his own children. We're talking about spiritual. He's using a father with his own children. He's uh-huh. using that as an object lesson of how he is providing 
for these believers who yeah. are adults. Yeah. And so we can apply this to the spiritual child stage. As you know, like a father with his own children, we encouraged, comforted, and implored each one of you to walk worthy of God who calls you into his own kingdom. glory. Well, three things. How awesome is it that the Bible, uh, the Bible is so practical? I know, isn't it? it? It's just amazing yeah. to me. There's just everything you need to know about yeah. almost everything is right there That's in right. the Word. Okay, so that is cool. one of the greatest lessons I learned as a pastor, or as a like a preacher who preaches, you know, teaches the Word, yeah. um, is that at the end of the sermon, when you're working on the sermon, you better you not better you need to cover some kind of how to yes answer the question how to what is the practical application yeah if you don't do that you've just thrown out ideas yeah. you're a philosopher at that point yep and you know again the bible says you know don't be hearers only but be doers of the word mm -hmm. so okay what do i do with this yeah. you know and so what do we do with this well okay so if you uh have some spiritual children in your life whether well, 25 30, 50, doesn't matter. Maybe you're married to a spiritual child. Sure. Okay? Three things that the Bible says that Paul did for these believers was he encouraged them. All right. So uh, this means you're going to try to find a way to speak their motivational language. What yes. motivates them? You're going to encourage them. Good job. You know what I'm saying? Great job. You're going to do that kind of stuff. Uh, you're going to comfort them. Why do they need comfort? Because spiritual children, they're going to make mistakes. They're going to get hurt. Yeah. People are going to offend them. You know, something's going to not make them happy. And, um, you're just going to have to comfort them, mm -hmm. you know. Um, you know, they're going to slam their thumb in the door. No Or doubt. somebody's going to slam the door on them. Yes. And uh, accidentally even. I'm not talking about it intentionally. Sure. I'm just talking about the accidental stuff in life, just life. And they're going to need to be encouraged. They're going to need to be comforted because they're going to hurt. And by the way, Natalie had had slammed her door, her thumb in a door, yeah, car, car door. I saw that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <sighs> yeah, and she, wait, the thumbnail was like halfway hanging off. Uh, she kept I, putting Band-Aids on it, and I, I said, I can cut that off. She was at the house, and I was like, oh. Did, did she I, show you the thumb? Oh, yeah. Yeah, was, it looked terrible, what did right? did you do? I know, it's terrible. So the other day, yeah, horrible. Yeah, she, she'd she been living with Band-Aids on it, and she wouldn't let me cut off. So I said, hey, Natalie, I said, we're going to, because I looked at it. I, I keep an eye on it, yeah. and I was waiting for it to get to a certain point where I knew. I could cut it off and it wouldn't hurt at all. Sure, sure. Okay. Yeah. And so uh, the other day, uh, I say, I said, let me see your thumb, and she didn't even want me looking at it. Sure. Don't touch, don't touch, don't touch it. You know. Uh -huh. And she started crying because you know she, everything's getting up line up for her. I said, I said, we're gonna, I'm, I'm gonna trim that down. We're gonna cut that that part of that off that's just dead hanging on there. And we're talking half the thumbnail. Yeah. Okay. We're not talking yeah. like a hangnail or this just was a not. Bit. This was this, not a small. This is not overgrowth. This child. is like halfway down the thumb yeah. in the pink yeah. area. Okay. But mm -hmm. it's not. It's not painful anymore. And I said, Natalie, you're going to grab hold. Something's going to grab that, and it's going to rip it off, and it's going to And then hurt. it's going to be terrible. And it's going to be bad. Yeah. So um, I went and got the little clippers, and so uh, she is crying. She's bawling. I got her thumb. She doesn't want me to do it. You know what I'm saying? I said, it's not going to hurt. Trust me. Yeah. I said, just trust me. Yeah. And so I and I thought, I'll just clip a little bit off. Yeah. I clipped a little bit off, uh, and, and I and, – and the, the the intensity of the crying started dropping. Oh yeah, she she saw. Oh, it didn't hurt. Yeah. And so then I started cutting a little more, cut a little more, and then finally I got it all trimmed up to where she doesn't need a band aid now. Sure. And now it's just, it is what it is, you know. And so, um, but kids are gonna they need they need that encouragement, they need that comfort, uh, even if they're crying about it. You as a spiritual parent, you're gonna know the end result. They're 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 gonna live through this. It's not even gonna hurt. Right. 
Okay. Right. Yeah. All right. So they're going to need it. It's but you're going to have to encourage them in their spiritual growth and when they fail and when they sin and all that kind of stuff. It's not the end of the world. And also implore implore them. In other words, that just push them on. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And um, encourage them to get involved and do things. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And try it. It's okay if they strike out. It's not. It's not the end of the world. No doubt. Yeah. Well, yeah. here's the thing. You know, I, I, you know, when you've got a child out in the front yard and, and you encourage them to run as fast as they can, see how fast they run. And when mm-hmm. they trip and fall, you get up, you right. comfort them, and then you implore them to do it again. Right. You know, Hey, keep pushing. Mm-hmm. You'll get better. You yeah. know, all those things. It's, you know, it's, they, our role in a spiritual child's life is incredibly important. You know, and if, if you do those three things, yeah, the, the end result for that individual can be profound and awesome. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. it's like, yeah, we, you know that we, we need to take we need to take our role in the spiritual children's lives very serious mm-hmm. and uh, and just help them along with it. Yeah, and you know, and one of the things I, I do notice about this is that uh, when Paul's writing here, as you know, like a father with his own children, we encourage, comforted, and implored each other to walk worthy of God. Mm-hmm. This is not about being good citizens, which that's will be. They will be. This is a spiritual impact. We're talking about, okay, how can I you get you have to think through how okay, for this particular child, how how do I encourage, how do I comfort, how do I when I say child like spiritual child? Sure. How do I encourage, comfort, implore this particular person to continue to seek God in some way? Yeah. Continue to grow. Yeah. You know? And, uh, well, we just had a conversation about that sort of thing yesterday. You know, it's yeah, like, uh, that's right. wanting, wanting to help people grow. Okay. Yeah. Like how do I continue that's to right. do that? Yeah. How do you I know? do that? Yeah. And it's going to take patience. My word, uh, you know, when you're around spiritual children, you know, they, they don't see, they, they don't grow real fast. No, they don't. It's like watching grass grow it sometimes. Is. Yes, and and and, and by the way, if you watch grass grow for years, yeah, you have to keep in mind that every now and then it looks dead. Yes, yes. Sometimes this growth gets stunted. That's right. You know, depending on the circumstances yeah, right. around it and yeah. all that. I mean, that and, yeah, and, that's a good object lesson. And here's the thing. I okay, so I treat my yard, I mow my yard, all that kind of stuff. You know what? There's still weeds. There's still yep. there's still these things that grow that I don't care how well you know. Yeah. We do it, and the neighbors around me they take care of their yard. I mean, they do more than I do with my yard because you can t- you know the grass is greener on <laughs> my, t- my next door neighbors for a reason. Okay. <laughs> right. I mean, my grass is green, but man, theirs is like, dude, that's like a golf course. Sure, sure. Over there. It's always so, just more fertilizer. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's so it it's, they're doing something. Yeah. Um. Uh, but but I do want to point out on First Thessalonians two eleven he says as you know like father as you know like a father with his own children we encourage comfort and implore each one of you to walk worthy of God who calls you into his own kingdom and glory we have to remember there's a calling on their life yeah God is involved in this yes okay and so and he's more concerned about that spiritual child that's getting on your nerves. You know, uh-huh. than you are as yeah. much as you love them, and you want to see them grow, and make wise decisions. You know, as they get married and grow, and get and oh, by the way, here's nothing. We haven't talked much about this, and maybe we ought to kind of weave this in from time to time. We don't really have time to do much of it now. H- how does a spiritual child look when they're a senior adult? Senior adults who are spiritual children. You follow what I'm saying? Yeah. Because uh, <clears throat> you know, some of some of some Christians out there have parents who led them 
to the Lord. Mm-hmm. You know, g- goodish parents. Yeah. And they got us in the right place. Right. At least. And as a physical child who's grown up spiritually, you are now spiritually more mature than your parents who grew you, took you to church, yeah. prayed for you, whatever. Yeah. And, uh, and now you're, you're, you're realizing, wow, they are actually spiritual they were spiritual children who raised me. And now here's the deal. Now keep this in mind. In the real, okay, so in the physical world, think, play this out. If, if a seven-year-old was in charge of the household, <laughs> yeah. okay, yeah, what would it look like? <laughs> what would supper look like? You're right. You're right. All right. So now, now keep in mind here. All right, spiritually speaking, if a spiritual child is in charge of the household, mm-hmm. what does that look like? It's, so here's the thing. You're, people are going to still get fed. It's spiritual chicken nuggets every night. <laughs> exactly. That's right. <laughs> All right. So and somewhere along the what way. What a great thought, though. Yeah. So along the way, the, the spiritual child who's raising everybody and the Sometimes those other spiritual children, the infants who become children, some of them continue to grow. Yes, for, you know for whatever reason, mm-hmm. and now they're realizing. Well, you know, mom and dad, they really did the best they could because yeah. they were thinking through a spiritual child's filter. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yes, and they they uh, they didn't do it right. They were emotional. They were self centered. They were, but they did they did love Jesus the best they could. But they, for whatever reason, they got stuck at that spiritual child stage. Mm-hmm. And so I, I'll just tell people, don't hold that against them. Yes. Okay? Yes. And, um, you know, just, uh, you know, I just, just be the spiritual parent you wanted that you wished your parents would have been. Yeah. And, and then help them along. Yeah. And help them along. It's like yeah. they did the best they could do. Right. Help them along as yeah. best you can. Yeah. And the thing is, is that if you have parents who are spiritual children, well, you're still going to do First Thessalonians too. You're going to yes. encourage them, comfort them, and implore them. Yeah, you're still going to do that. Yeah, quit thinking about it in earthly terms and right. think about it as a as a spiritual journey. Yeah, let's, that's right. Let's think kingdom terms here, right? Because yeah. you who calls you into His own kingdom? Yes, of yes. You know that's yes. what he's talking about. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to have to end it there. Uh, we now have officially gone an hour and forty. Five minutes. Well, there you go. That's our longest podcast ever. Woo! So we are inching our way to the three-hour podcast. <laughs> give us time, Jeff. Give us time. We'll give get us there. time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, until next time, um, uh, I don't know. What's, I, I got to come up with a way to end this thing. Yeah. Uh, see you wouldn't want to be you. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. All right. Well, until next time, have a great week. Thank you for listening. This has been Conversations. If you enjoyed this podcast, we'd love for you to click subscribe and leave us a great review. And to find out more about Genesis Church, please visit www.genesisbegins.com.